On today's episode, I get to interview and have a conversation with a good, good friend, Jeff Jenkins. He's a friend of mine who has had a vision for a unique endeavor and now has created a community that many call home. He created ChevyDiaries.com in 2018, which is an online community for plus-size travelers that have a passion to travel the world, try new foods, and get helpful tips along the way. He is also a co-founder of The Amazing Project, which is an umbrella nonprofit that builds water wells in Kageo, Rwanda. And he's a launch member of the Black Travel Alliance, which intends to be a lobbying organization for black travelers and force capable and a force capable of directing attention to injustices and intentional oversights with regard to diversity. Jeff Jenkins is an award-winning content creator and founder of Chubby Diaries. A true renaissance man, this musically gifted travel influencer is also a speaker and philanthropist. Jeff has been featured in several notable publications such as Forbes, Travel Noir, Essence, The Matador Network, and Facebook. He helps people travel the world no matter their size through community, branded content, and motivational talks. He has a skill of drawing out big dreams and people, and every time you're around him, you can expect to enjoy yourself, as you'll see here on this episode. I'm speaking from experience because I've known him for a few years. He has an enthusiastic personality. He has charisma, a contagious big smile that makes him one of a kind. It's my pleasure to have on my friend and inspiration to many, Jeff Jenkins. Jeff, I appreciate you being here on the Micah Brown podcast. It has been, uh, as I even said a minute ago, about three years since we've last seen each other. I know realistically, <laughs> much less, but it, it, feels, it feels like, like thanks it. to 2020, you know, about three years ago, we last saw each other. But how you've been everywhere. How have you been? You staying healthy? Brother, I've been great. Yes, I have been staying healthy. Um, it's, it's once again, just a crazy time that we're living in. Um, slightly yeah. but it's been it's been very encouraging um to say the least uh i can see i feel like i can see the light at the end of the tunnel um that's good it's moving out so man um i, I know we'll kind of get into this but especially with the the um covid happening and, and all over the world i know that's kind of restricted travel has that made you even like nervous when going places have you had to take precautions what have you done to kind of mitigate that situation? Well, yeah, actually, I, when I got on my first flight, uh, we went to South Dakota or North Dakota and we were doing this big road trip, but on the flight was the first time I felt uh, this like anxiety. And it wasn't even from like the COVID or like the whole pandemic, more so than just I think I've been thinking about my my own mortality uh, or morality. Is it morality? What's the word? Mor- mortality. Morality is, is when you know right or wrong. Yeah, right. Yeah. There you, you go. <laughs> I was right the first time. Thank you. But yeah, um, yeah, I was. I for some reason I think the pandemic uh, had me thinking way more about it. Um, it's been almost. It was almost like five, six months of not. Uh, doing anything that dangerous because I, I I still think to myself I've I've learned how to get over being on airplanes a long time ago, but for some reason like that anxiety like grew even more um, getting on this last flight or the first flight that I got on and so that like shook me a little bit because I was like man we way up in this air and all this stuff so 
it was it was interesting how being home or being through this season that uh, I brought on a new anxiety that I didn't have like that before. And so, uh, but other than that, is travel now has been great. Um, I, I feel like I'm a journalist because I, I I write for uh, different publications as well at times. So it's like I'm out there to survey the land, see what's going on, and uh, just to see how people are responding to COVID and um, the different things and practices that they're putting in place so that they can save their economy as much as possible and bring tourists yeah. there safely. Uh, it, it's been really cool to just notice it all. So That's that's pretty interesting of just the, the perspective that somebody whose life is to travel, you know, now <laughs> like they've basically, the world has thrown down the the hammer on any traveling. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So man, well, let's, let's back up and, and get into just where you come from uh, background. You can share as much as you want. I mean, it's your story, uh, mm-hmm. whether that's education, meeting your spouse, all that, just the the family background, where you've been and, and where you're headed kind of thing. And then we'll get into some more specific questions. Uh, you, you stop me if I uh, go a little too far, like as in, uh, like into my story. And if it's something that you want to touch on later, let me okay. know. Cool. Um, well, yeah, so I'm born and raised in Mickey Mouse country, Orlando, Florida. Uh, my dad actually is a chef at Disney World. Uh, so I've been going Love to it. Disney World for free since I was like four or five years old. Um, That's and awesome. So it wasn't until actually recently I just went on a trip uh, to Disney World um, like three weeks ago just to like see what Disney World was doing. That was the first time I ever paid to go into Disney World. Uh, so that was interesting because it was like 130 bucks. And I was like, oh, my God, this is what people pay every time. Yep. <laughs> and I was like, they go multiple days. And I'm like, oh. So, <laughs> so that was interesting. But, um, like, majority of my family lives in Orlando. My dad's side, they live in New Jersey. Uh, but I got – I have three siblings uh, or four siblings. Um, and then – I went to school at Florida a and University. Uh, when I left there, I moved to Miami. And from Miami, um, I was trying to, it was out of Nashville and Chicago. And um, my friend Shad, and he, you know Shad. Uh, this Shad is the Gay. second interview that we've spoken about Shad on. So I might have to get Shad on here at some point. <laughs> he probably should. <laughs> but yeah, Shad, he's, he's way more interested than me, I can tell you. But yeah, he, he literally was like, bro, you should just move to Austin. And I was like, I should just move to Austin. <laughs> and, like, and like, that's how I like moved to Austin. It was so nonchalant, uh, even in my decision-making, because I was really like wrestling between Chicago and Nashville. And I was like, I don't know if I want to move to either one of those places. And then he said, Austin. And it was like, yes, that's where I'm supposed to be. That's and uh, But yeah, um, I, I was a high school choir teacher for almost nine years. Um, and even when I moved here to Austin, I taught for five more years, um, making it nine years. Um, and like from there, I was like, yeah, I don't think I want to do this anymore. I don't think I want to teach anymore. Um, oh, oh, before that, I actually met my wife. Uh, I met my wife. I met Micah. Um, this guy house. Uh, yeah. <laughs> my, for um, clarification, Jeff and Micah did not buy a house. Jeff and his <laughs> wife bought a house. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe separately, yeah. je- definitely not together. <laughs> yeah. So, 
but yeah, so from that, like I also led worship. Um, I led worship for almost 20 years of my life, uh, starting when I was a little kid um, until recently. Um, I, I mean, we haven't been in church as much. And so even, yeah. even so, I've, I've like taken a break from it um, due to just Same. like all my different business ventures. Um, and so, yeah, it was, it's, it's been such a great experience uh, being here in Austin and things like that, building a new church family and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, so I quit my job um, back in 2017. I went on a mission trip uh, to Rwanda to go build um, gardens with a, with a mission group uh, from our church. And we went to go build those gardens. And while we were there, um, a group of friends of mine was like, yo, we should, we should um, help them get water because the gardens were like dying and and we was like, man, like, how can we help in that way? Um, so we decided then that we would try to start a water well project, not knowing how to, how, where water came from, uh, from the ground. I wasn't an engineer. None of us knew this stuff. But we learned. And when we got back and went to go build one, that's when I was on that trip. And I was like, yo, I think I want to do this for the rest of my life, uh, where I want to travel the world, help people, and get paid to do it. And so that's where that that energy of or like that just that like oh to want to go towards uh, becoming a travel influencer, travel blogger, uh, entrepreneur. Um, that's where that all like started from. And so it, it's been it's been really cool to to just dive into it and learn more um, about um, entrepreneurship. And and I and I'm actually actually um, becoming a co-founder of a new tech startup here in Austin uh, that I'm looking forward to actually we'll start making that announcement in the next coming weeks uh, about me nice. adding a new business venture to my to my repertoire so I'm very happy about that well this this episode will likely air after you've announced that Oh, it's perfect. I don't know if you want to mention the name or anything and say like it's live oh, yeah, now. Yeah, but... it's called, yeah, it's called it's called my uh, my coffee path. So think of uh, Starbucks rewards, uh, but for local coffee shops. Oh, that's dope. I know yeah, a lot of people man. are so going to be I'm real happy about business. that. There you go. Yes, yes. I'm, I'm going to have to. Too. Yeah, I, I got to tell a few people about this. Um, <laughs> Your so brother well, is one of them. Yeah, exactly. He'll be first in line. He's also yeah. an early adopter, so he'll he'll be the first one to sign up for that. I, I'm usually the second wave of people that's like, okay, how is that, this like screwed too. up? That's usually me too. Yeah, <laughs> that's usually me as well. So I didn't know the the connection between the wells and travel for you. I I knew that they had both happened, and I I remember you talking to us about you know wanting to do this travel thing. And I remember thinking like, that's a great idea. I just, I, I hope that he pushes through and perseveres because so many roadblocks, as I'm sure have come up, uh, oh, so yeah. many roadblocks will hit. Heck, even starting this podcast, I, there's been roadblocks and you think it's a really simple process, but it's not um, mm -hmm. once you get into the weeds. So uh, I commend you for continuing because I've seen from kind of like a, a back row view uh, I've seen the impact that you're making, and I, I think it's amazing uh, that you pursued Appreciate this. So, uh, and you've kind of even been an inspiration for me. I don't think I've ever told you that, but uh, I was like, "Well, shoot, you know, Jeff's out here doing Jeff what he loves doing, so I, I think I'm going to do it." 
I'm going to do it. So I think uh, you were the inspiration and my wife was the encouragement. And I just figured, okay, let's pull the trigger. Brother, I, that is literally the, I tell that to so many other people as well. Like I was inspired by so many people because I, I don't think I would have been able to do it on my own. Um, like, yep. And just same, same what you said. It was inspiration yep. from somebody else. And my wife giving me that encouragement to like go for it. Cause it was like, you just needed that extra, like, like I'm here. Like if you're going to do this, I'm, I'm here for you. Like I can help you. And I was like, you know what? Yep. Wife, this is amazing. Thank you. Thank <laughs> you. Yeah. Like, literally just that extra little push took me to the, to the place that we are now. And she even has uh, started her own businesses since. And this is like right yep. after I, I yep. started Chubby Diaries. Yeah, I remember seeing her people. start that up and I was like, both, okay, let's do this, you know? So that was that was pretty awesome to watch. <laughs> yeah, Man. until recently we both were in this place of like, was this a big decision or no? Like just yeah. I don't know. But yeah, it, it worked out. It definitely did. So there there's gotta be like a diagram or something for entrepreneurs out there where it's like you have like the hopeful phase and then the suck. And then, like, you start to pull out of it, and you're like, okay, this is realistically possible now, you know? Yes. But yes. if you don't have that um, first phase, like, you'll never start, you know? If it's just well, crappy all the way through, it's never going to be fun. So, y'all didn't see him do, like, a whole, like, like it's doing, like, a mountains or hills going up and down a hill yep. or something. Yep. But it's that's that's just one phrase or one phase of it to where, like, man, there's so many times. Well, and I consistently have it. But uh, it's not as it's not as rigorous now, or it's not as um, gut wrenching as like I call it a roller coaster, yeah. where like it's just an up and down. Like one day you think this is like going great, the next minute you like, oh, what's going on? And yeah. it just keeps doing it over and over again. Uh, but now, uh, like you were saying, I do feel like it's starting to like mellow out a little bit, and um, and so yeah, I I think that especially as you hit those ebbs and flows um they become like you said it's not as gut wrenching it's it's more normalized like you're mm -hmm. like oh here's an here's another one but i'm kind of, you're kind of yeah, prepared for it then prepared for it yeah, yeah anticipating it yeah and that that could be anything from financial to just mental and emotional um planning for those ups and downs so would love speaking of ups and downs i would love to know um this is my favorite question every episode that i do uh what obstacles or events in your life have most shaped your character or who you are as a person and how and you can offer as many as you'd like but we need at least one okay um i would say and and, and i recently was just talking to somebody about it um so one i had a friend who well, i was in college at that time uh, I, I mean, definitely college. College definitely was one of those. Uh, like, Just across the board. <laughs> yeah, like we, it was, because I went to Florida a and it's a historically uh, black uh, college university. And it's just like, just growing up, uh, I've never seen a lot of people in education or most of my teachers were, were, weren't black or anything like that. So to be able to have, uh, be around an environment where like there was just like this black excellence, uh, stuff I've just never seen before uh, was super cool. And it just really just inspired and encouraged me uh, through through life. But while I was in college, I had a conversation with this woman named Brittany. And while I was talking with her, she she um, she was a dancer like she was a like a modern dancer, like modern art dancer. 
And before I used to be like, yo, I don't like going to those things. Uh, I, it was just like, it was just, uh, I don't know what about it. Just <laughs> turned me off to like modern art dancing. And because it was a lot of times they didn't go with the music. And I was just like, oh my oh, God, yeah. what are y'all doing? Especially like, as musicians, we're like, you start tweaking, you know, you're like, you're off <laughs> beat. You can't handle. For real. I'm like, Dude, what are you doing? Story of a drummer's life, man. Somebody starts clapping and you just would grab their hands and be like, just stop. Just stop doing what you're doing. Don't do that anymore. Exactly. So it was, but she she taught me something. She said that like like man, she was super offended. First of all, and I can't believe I now even being uh, more mature. I was like, I can't even believe I said that. Uh, what but a I was jerk. Like, man, Jeez. Exactly. I was like, man. She was like, oh, you gonna come to it? And I was like, no, nah, I don't think I'm gonna be there. Like, I don't, I don't too much to get into like the moment. <laughs> and I, I didn't say it that bad, but still, it's still still a little jerkish. And so she got super offended and was like, aren't you like uh, a musician and don't you put in all this work and like effort and time and discipline towards your craft and you, you're literally like molding your craft. She was like, uh, I was like, yeah, I was like, she was like, well, that's the same thing I'm doing. And when I tell you that, like opened my brain and my mind to not even just be empathetic, but it was just like to understand like, yo, Music, because I literally grew up where it was just like music was my whole life, not knowing that, Same. Um, like I knew, like I knew how much effort and energy I put towards music uh, and the, my art form. She was like, yo, this is my art form. And I was like, yo. So that just exploded my brain uh, to now appreciate like anything that is considered art. Um, like now, I mean, and at that time I was, I just started traveling and went to Japan and I was like, uh, I think I went to 14 countries while I was in college. Um, but it helped me understand, like be able to go to these cathedrals in Europe and, uh, go to all these museums and like, just really like admire and cherish the artwork that these people had did. So I think that's, that's one life lesson that I got. Um, another one came, one when I came to know Jesus. Uh, so that one like helped me and like helped me matriculate like my understanding of life and my purpose and like what I'm I'm out here to do uh, and that's to serve him and just uh, make his name great. Um, but I would also say that me taking that leap to becoming an entrepreneur, I feel I feel like one I never thought I would be one because I was a school teacher and um, I feel you. I just, I was in this place of like, nah, bro, like, I don't, I know nothing else. Like, or professionally, I haven't been anywhere else. Um, but what I'm, what I'm even saying about that is just that those steps I took before. The first step was knowing that ain't nobody going to get this done unless it's you. Um, like, you don't, you can't wait on anybody. Like, you can't hope that somebody helps you. And I promise you, I was grasping. I was grasping for help. Like, hey, y'all want to do something together? Like, y'all want to, do some like business ventures together and people was like, oh no, like, I'm busy or, and it wasn't even like, or they weren't as excited or motivated as I was to do it. And I thought I had to go through the church in a way to get whatever practice or whatever thing that I was trying to do, man. So I even had to repent to Jesus on that one uh, because I was putting too much weight on um, like the church and like others. Um and so once I realized that it was it was only me that was gonna like get whatever I needed to get done done, 
that's that was like a a, a game changer, a life changer. Uh, because yeah, I don't I don't still to this day I don't depend on others in a way that I used to in the sense of getting work done. If I want to see my business ventures uh, succeed, uh, it's on me to make sure that they happen. I can't blame nobody else. So I, I really do feel like those are all like key moments and things that like really just help me grow. I can definitely resonate with that. I mean, having been a financial planner and then now doing this in both examples, it's like people will give you ideas. People will give you, you know, kind of tips of general, like structural tips of how to operate. But ultimately, like if you're not taking the steps forward, you're never going to get anywhere. And there's got to be a level of confidence of like believing in yourself. Like you may have a really great idea, but if you don't believe that you're actually going to be able to do it, then seriously, just don't even start because you're going to waste yeah. your time. Um, it's a big so, mental battle. Literally, yeah, it's, it's, you're wrestling 100%. a lot. And I, I mean, shoot, I wrestle now. Uh, and it wasn't until recently that like, I'm, I'm not as like non-wrestling with it, you know? Um, so. Yeah. yeah, that's uh, especially this year has really made a lot of people be very introspective. Um, and you see it play out in really funny ways. Like people, the, the real estate market has gone through the roof. No pun intended. Um, just people being like, I'm stuck at home. I hate this home. I want out of this home, you know? And so either they renovate it or they go buy a new home. And I, I feel like people are, that's like a, that's like a physical figurative representation of what people are doing internally, where it's like, how much was I depending on going to my job as like a source of identity, like physically going to my job. How was I depending on the people that I was around to sustain me mentally and emotionally? Well, shoot now is is social media enough? Cause I used to think that like, Oh, we're connected on social media or whatever. Oh man. So that's, that's where I feel like luckily there's a positive to this whole quarantine thing and it's made humans be a little bit more introspective about how much we are connected to one another and how much we actually depend on one another. So, um, I mean, you, you hit it on the nail, like, or like on the head, like it's, it's, it's a mind blowing how much stuff that I just thought about. And, and like, there's people that got divorces, like even everything that you're saying, like people like this brought out, like, the, the, the was like the the nail in the coffin for a lot of people's relationships uh and yep. they didn't really know that they were masking it with work and being away and um yeah and even for myself i knew for a fact that i was like oh man i gotta sit here in my crap huh like yep. i mean there's, there's a way to <laughs> there's a way to i can mask it like while i'm traveling and doing stuff and but to be kept to your thoughts a whole bunch because there's no other interactions happening because you're all, everybody's stuck in the house and I'm such yep. a people person. Yep. Um, <laughs> so to where it's like, I always was out uh, to have to be like just in the house and, and left to myself was definitely difficult. And I knew, and I, I realized it right at the beginning, like, Oh snap, I got to sit here now. Like I, I just can't, I just can't go like, I'm going to go out for now. Yeah. So that, that was interesting. It was interesting not being around people. Uh, and I didn't know yeah. that how much I depended on people for like energy at times, like just to get excited and like, yeah, here we go. Cause like people say like we're experts, uh, people energize them 
but for introverts, they they usually drain them, and so I was I was definitely drained a lot <laughs> for myself, yeah, being by myself because that's how it is for introverts. I feel My I feel was, like she was in love with it. She <laughs> she, she said, just like, sit no, me in the corner. I'm good. I'm so happy. Yeah, and what's crazy is I and I've had a few friends who are introverts be like, okay, I might actually want to be around people now. Exactly. Yeah. Now that did happen. Now, that did happen. <laughs> I was like, I knew, and I said it right at the beginning because it was like, oh, because it was like all these memes and stuff that was coming out, like, oh, it's the uh, introverts, uh, um, like dream to be, dream, yep, like to be quarantined. I was like, nah, you still need interactions. You say that now, like, give it a few months, exactly, and let's see what happens. Exactly. You'd be like, yeah, give me the extroverts will be crazy, but figured out how to calm down, and the introverts will be like okay i kind of want to go talk to this person you know yeah yes i've i've told other people this when i interview but i i compare uh whenever i interviewed dr janelle mccauley she's as i call her the mother of mindfulness uh we were talking mm-hmm. about how do you handle stress from like a even a physiological way um and how do you mm-hmm. approach that and everything and I, I told her i said feel free to use this in one of your your talks or speeches or next ted talk or something but like people are gushers and you may be one flavor on the outside, but you don't know if you're going to be sour or sweet until you get squeezed. Uh, and so to, to like me, that. I feel like we're all in this squeezing process right now. And we're finding out. It's not like we're trying to surprise other people. We're getting surprised about ourselves. And we're like, mm-hmm. oh, shoot. I can't believe I just responded in that way to that person. Mm-hmm. I must be really mm-hmm. stressed out. And it's like, no, you actually just have a lot of deep-seated emotional issues, even as a grown man, yep. that you need to figure out. Not that yep. I'm speaking from experience. Not at all. So, um, it's been an interesting ride, but I would love to know next question, who inspires you the most and how, cause I know we kind of briefly touched on it right when we started of, you know, your, your wife was an encouragement, other people inspired you, but I'd love to know more specifically, how did they inspire you? Who was it and how did they inspire you? So, I mean, I'm, I'm, I have to go with two people, one that I know and one that I don't know. Um, so one of my good friends, actually the day I met him, literally the day I met him was the, the, he was the, the, he was the cornerstone in my entrepreneurship journey. Like the day I met him, we were really good friends now. We've always known each other, almost known each other for three years. Uh, his name is Roger Walker. He, uh, we went to their open house. It was Nina's like supervisor at her job at the time. They had an open house and we almost didn't go. She was like, I don't know if I really want to go. I was like, man, let's go and just make a visit real quick. Because it was a little awkward just going to your boss's place. And then like the rest of her like team wasn't going. So we get there and I meet uh, her husband, uh, which is Roger. And he was like, I was like, yeah, so uh, he was asking me what I did. I was like, yeah, I'm a teacher, blah, blah, blah. Oh, no. I think I was like, I just quit. Uh, being a teacher, um, I don't know what I'm doing right now. And then I asked him, and he was like, he was like, yo, I, I don't do really much of anything. And I was like, what you mean? <laughs> he was like, man, we, I'm, I'm an entrepreneur. I I have, uh, we invest in real estate. Um, he was like, man, I might work one, two, three hours a day or a week um, going to like collect Amazon books because he just did that on the side just to make extra money. Um, but yeah, he was like, that's all I do. He was like, man, my houses are making us uh, a significant amount of money a, a year or a month um, to where like, I could just do this and just stay home, take care of my daughter. And I was like, what? 
I was like, well, I need, I need to tell me more. Like, what is going on? <laughs> but <laughs> he even explained, he was like, he was like, bro, if I can do it, I'm, I'm a, um, I was two, I was the second lowest in my class, like in the graduation, graduating class. Literally, you know how they do the rankings. Um, uh, he was second lowest in his class and he started multiple businesses since. And I just, I was like, well, shoot, if he can do it, I can do it too then. And he did. He made it seem very uh, doable, obtainable. And, like, if that, if I didn't have that conversation with him, and we actually became really good friends. Like, that's, like, like my best friend now. Um, and um, if it wasn't for him showing me, like, and I was, I mean, I really was, I kept going over to his house and asking him more questions and, and like it just he really inspired me uh to just get out there. So I I I am forever indebted to him for that because he, he was just one of the people that that helped me do that. Now I'm over here teaching him stuff about business, which is great. <laughs> so that's 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 the cool thing. Um but before you then, tell the, the oh, second ahead. person, um I, I wanna know because this is like a common theme when it comes to entrepreneurs or people who are successful. So I wanna know if this has been your experience or not. With Roger did you find that when you started asking questions, he was more than happy to just throw out anything and everything that he could that you wanted to know? You like that was something that blew my mind was that okay. how open he was about like giving away the information. And that taught okay. me a lot. That taught me a lot. Um, and I'm one of those people now too. Um, and he's saying it like, cause I'm thinking, the reason why, like, even before, like, uh, I've, I've, I've been around multiple people, and then this is even before the entrepreneurial space, um, the average person that's not an entrepreneur or around it, they usually don't like sharing their ideas, especially if they're a startup. Yeah. They usually don't like giving out their ideas um, because they feel like like somebody's going to steal it or something like that. Yep. And or or they'll be like, embarrassed that like you thought it was a stupid idea or something like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. So they they usually don't share it or they don't want to give out all their information about entrepreneurship. And they honestly probably aren't even in a in a place to even talk about it yet. But what I found is that most entrepreneurs I know, man, they're gladly giving away their stuff. Like and I'm like, man, you're just giving me like all this information. <laughs> you could charge me so much for this. <laughs> exactly. And, and it's crazy because I, I, and I, I heard the statistic um, before he even said it, because I was reading some book on like just uh, business and stuff. But it was like some crazy thing. It was like, man, one, I can say this to so many people. And like it was some like high astronomical number of like 98% other people probably won't even take any of the advice, do any little to any uh, with that advice, or they're not going to do anything. So he's like, I don't mind saying it because first of all, it's going to be a lot of work to get to yeah. to the level that I'm at. Um, and most of y'all ain't going to do it anyway. So why, why not share it? You know, so yeah. I, I'm, I'm totally taking that, that concept on even for myself and I've seen it firsthand. Um, and, and I'll just mention this real quick. Like even becoming like a travel blogger and then like my niche is uh, plus size travel. We can talk about that in a little bit too. But like people started like coming up. Like I was, I, I coined the phrase plus size travel. 
there was nobody else saying that they were plus size travelers. They would say that they're I'm I'm plus size or like uh, I'm a fashion person or I'm a food person and I happen to be plus size. But I was like I'm like actually taking on like the identity of being Just this because that's yeah. what I am, you know. But there was multiple accounts that started popping up after me. And they were like almost saying some of the same stuff. One girl, she had it to where she was saying, like my like one of my phrases is models is redefining what it looks like to travel. She she changed one word and, and called it change what it looks like to travel. So that actually like bothered me in a way, but it was like also discouraging because I was like, oh, now there's all this competition. And one of my like seasoned uh, entrepreneur um, friends and mentor. I was like, they're going to go. I was like, just know that like, like I've done this for so long that like you always see people come and go, meaning like they're not going to be here for the long run. And then even one of my friends, Mike Howard, we were at this big, like it's it normal, it's an annual like bloggers event that happens in New York uh, during the New York Times travel show. And we were all there and it's all a whole bunch of like affluent and successful travel bloggers that were all at this uh, like happy hour shindig that goes on every year. And he, I was my first time there and he was like, Hey, you knew blah, blah, blah. We're talking. And he said, Hey, you see all these people behind me? He was like, you know why they're uh, successful? And I was like, no, give me the secret. I would love to know. He was like, it's because we're, we're the ones that just didn't give up. We're successful yeah. because we're the ones that didn't give up. He was like, man, we're not the most talented. He was like, there's so many people that was probably way more talented than us, but we're the ones that didn't give up and we kept going. He told me it took him over two years to figure out how to make money from what he was doing, which is almost taking me that same amount of time to do it. Um, and so it just it just taught me then that like, and it's all back to that thing. Like people can hear something, they might even try it for a day and then just like, ah, I'm done. And so yep. even all those accounts, all those accounts, none of them are doing successful or are not as successful. Some of them are like yeah. people aren't even doing anything on them. So uh, that's been very interesting. And um, so my second person uh, is Kevin Hart. Kevin he's, Hart. He's um, an inspiration, man. All the way. It's, it's mind blowing. A lot of people like it's even to a point now to where like I think he's like crazy funny now. Or, or it takes yeah. me back to that appreciation of his craft because I, lately I've been diving in, into him more during the pandemic. There was times where I did listen to some of his motivational speaking and stuff like that, that he was doing like on podcasts. It's like every podcast he goes on, he's just there to like hand out uh, inspiration like the whole time. And nuggets of wisdom. Great. I listened oh, to his Tim but, Ferriss podcast or his Tim Ferriss interview and I was just like oh, – what in the I'm world? Gonna to that too. I'm <laughs> yeah. gonna go listen to that because even the Joe Rogan one, the first one he did, it was mind blowing. I was like, "Oh, this guy is just incredible." I didn't even know. Uh, and and, and one of the think of all the work he does. One of the fundamental things about a comedian is that they're actually extremely intelligent because they're able to pick apart the the societal norms and then they weave the awkward pieces that nobody ever wants to talk about through their craft. So, any mm -hmm. comedian that you talk to is actually going to be a pretty deep thinker. Because they're trying mm -hmm. to piece oh, yeah. apart oh, yeah. everything that's going on around them. So Very I, deep thinkers. Kevin Hart, though, is, is a grinder for sure. And he, mm -hmm. if you listen just to what he talks about, it's like very, it's very black and white for him. It's very simple. And, you know, mm -hmm. it's just like, no, this is what it is. And this is what I'm going to do. And everybody else is like, 
I thought it was more complicated than he's like, it's really not. Just don't quit. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. And, and, it, and he said something that, um, that really, he asked a question that he asked himself all the time. And the question is, why not me? Why not? Just why not? And he was like, why not? Um, and that he was over there talking to himself, but he was like, why not be this, this, um, movie producer or actor why not yeah why not be the largest comedian in the world why why not me why not write a book right why not write multiple books and i was like why not have this amazing family and i was like yo why not you're right because i think a lot of times we get so caught up in ourselves or we get caught up in our environment to where you think that this is what our this is where my life should be this shit and go past that. And like, I consistently now ask myself the question, why not? Like literally. So, um, <laughs> I continue to do that. I continue. He, he, that continues to just be the thing that keeps me going. Even when I get discouraged in the moment, I ask myself, why not? Because for some reason, that, that usually takes me out of my funk very quickly because like, because when even it's like when you, something happens or you feel you're feeling low is because of like something might not work the way that you wanted to work. But I have to continue to remind myself, like, like uh, me asking the question of why not is, is taking me to a place of, okay, like, don't think that this is the end all be all. Why not like your success happen? Like why not wait for Chubby Dyers to grow and be more successful. So it just takes me out of that place of like thinking that's the end all be all and, and realize that there's more opportunities and more things that are to come. So uh, Kevin, Kevin Hart definitely um, is just a, a true inspiration. Yeah. That, uh, that guy is phenomenal. And I, again, didn't realize just the depth to which his processing goes, mm-hmm. um, especially whenever he talked about getting in that wreck and then like, pushing through that but i think that there's i i think the common theme to successful people is stubborn persistence like yes and and what's crazy is like you were talking about how just earlier um the fact that you you went to other people and you're like hey you know i'm making up a conversation here but what do you think about starting blah 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 or what do you think about doing kind of like a co-op thing where like we're doing this together and and all mm-hmm. that and either like i'm sure because this was the same way for me i even had a co-host for a little bit but it's like they're in, they're on board with it but then other things take priority and other things yep. come up and that sort of thing um but the the thing i've discovered and i'd love to know if you agree or disagree but is that in the same way that like people other you can't count on others to necessarily help you reach your goal and reach your dream to fulfillment they also can't stop you Mm, so it's about perspective of like okay just because someone tells me like hey that's that's going to be like really hard and and they're saying it as like a prepare yourself but what you're hearing is like yeah just don't even start don't try like don't do it but the reality is they can't stop you if you really want to try yeah, bro, I can tell you this now. It's very interesting because multiple people that we know, that we know very well, have questioned, seriously, deeply questioned um, me pursuing entrepreneurship. 
and doing the things that I was trying, I, I, I set out to do. And if I listened to them, I would not be in that place. But I can tell you, every person that said that was like, oh my God, Jeff, I didn't, I didn't know. I didn't know this was going to happen. Like, like we were so proud. Like we can't believe it. And, and it's not me even trying to prove anybody wrong. Cause I've never been one of those people. I'm like, let me prove you wrong in a way. I've, I've just never been one of those guys uh, because because there, there has been times where somebody will say something and I let that eat at me and I just don't go do it, you know? Um, but yeah. yeah, like that's, 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 dang, I was going to say something. Oh uh, man, I forgot. I was going to say something yeah. about what we were just talking about earlier. Um, and I think it was on that persistence, but I, I can't even remember. It now, Stubborn persistence. Just I take can't the hits even remember and keep... what it was. Yeah, just I, take the hits, keep going. Yeah, and I, I see um, – I, I've had to grow into the idea, the mindset of every failure is an opportunity to grow. Every failure is an opportunity to learn. Uh, and I used to tell my students that, you know, when I was a teacher or when I was a coach, it's like, no, you, you only fail when you don't get back up. Yep. That's, that's the real failure. And, yep. you know, you failed this test, but guess what? There are other tests – and even if it's the last test of the year, you know, like you had 20 other tests that you, you either didn't fail or you could have done better on. So don't focus on the one, figure out what you did wrong and then move forward. And I feel like True. you can teach a middle schooler that, but then you get to adulthood. And for some reason, like we beat ourselves up about failures. And I've even told Elizabeth, I view past relationships as opportunities of growth, whether it was I just realize there's something I don't want in a relationship uh, yeah. or, or maybe it's something I learned about myself uh, more mm-hmm. internally. Uh, either way, I try to view it as a learning opportunity, but I'm, I'm right there with you. A lot of what you're talking about, I'm thinking of the applicable examples of what I've been going through doing this podcast and trying the obstacles I'm trying to overcome and figuring out how do you develop a revenue stream? Because once you have a revenue stream, then other doors open, but it's also kind of a, a symbiotic relationship. It's like, okay, you need listeners. In my case, you need listeners to produce revenue, but you need revenue to open the door for more listeners. And so it's, it's this cyclical thing. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm, I'm talking to a, um, a marketing and PR, uh, team right now that they're like, what are your main priorities? And I was like getting money. And I have no shame admitting that because I see the power of, okay, if you have that, that revenue, then you can have merchandise, which then would bring in revenue. And then you can use that revenue to buy new equipment or buy like my hosting site costs money, you know, stuff like that, that really functionally you gotta, you gotta have money for. So, um, I'm right there with you. That's crazy. Um, to kind of move on, because I, I want to get to the, the professional side and really dig in there, but this <laughs> this is a, not supposed to be a quick question. It's a very serious question, but as my brother, I'd want to know, you know, if you died tomorrow, what do you hope people say about you when you're gone? I call this the eulogy question. What would you want people to say about you? I think it's a good guiding light for people as you live your yeah. life, so I'd love to know. Um, I mean, there's still things that I want people to say about me and uh, so I'm like striving towards that. But I, I can say that like even now, man, so many people just randomly come up to me and encourage me and I don't know if they know I need it because I'm always, I'm, I'm big on words of affirmation. Um, so you yeah. can encourage me all you want to. I love it. <laughs> I'm gonna take it. Um, I won't stop but you. Yeah, just, <laughs> but yeah, just like, 
uh, Jeff was a, a positive person. Like he just had this like outlook on loving on people, being there for people, um, challenging people. Because I'm I'm definitely that. I'm definitely a challenger in a lot of ways. Um, like some people call me 007 because a lot of times people don't even know I talk to you, talk to them. And I've had like full-fledged conversations with people that were like life-changing to them uh, is what I've been told. Um, but I didn't make a hoopla about it. People didn't even know I even had that conversation with them. And it's just like, I'm just like moving and grooving in disguise kind of thing, doing what I do. Um, but yeah, just to being a bit, a major encourager, uh, his businesses have like were successful. Our family is saying that like, man, you you help bring be a pillar uh, to our our whole family. Um, that's what I'm looking forward to as well. Um, I, I pray that, and this is like the the future. The thinking of just like, man, I'm, I pray that like my philanthropy helps kids uh, and people marginalized groups of people. Um, one, like be inspired, but two, be able to have some of the necessary things that they need so that they can continue to prosper. Um, he's a man of God, loves Jesus. He's 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 done so much for the church. Um, and like those are those are I, I would say like I, I pray that my my kids are saying like I was an amazing father. He he made sure that he took time out of his busy schedule to spend with us, and we felt his comfort, we felt his love. Um, through uh, even while he was doing all of these these things that he's done, and like I wouldn't be who I am today as a as a kid if it wasn't for my dad. So, um, like that's that's those are the things I would say that I like look forward to, and and hope that people, even if I die today, um, I pray God that that's that Lord willing, that's not it the case, but uh, that people will say about me now. So. As some words of affirmation, when I think of Jeff Jenkins, I think of joy and I think of encouragement that whenever you and I have been singing together or I'm on drums and you're singing or something like that, I, I always look forward to that because I inevitably, especially when we're there all day um, for four services, but inevitably at some point you're going to crack some joke and I'm going to be like, now I'm laughing and like, I can't stop smiling and we're good to go. And you've got a contagious smile. So anytime I see yeah. your Instagram post, I've caught myself a few times, like smirking involuntarily. Like, Bro, you know, so, so you, many people say that they literally <laughs> tell me that all the time. Like, I, like I'm, throwing the water at the, the camera. I was like, why am I smiling? Right. Like, like I think I'm getting splashed or something. I'm sitting in my bedroom. I'm not getting splashed. What kind of freak? So brother, <laughs> that I hear that one all the time. People be like, man, I just start smiling when I see your pictures. And I was like, for real? Yeah. And I was like, man, I tell people like my smile is my moneymaker. Like that is, yep. I believe that's my best quality about me is my smile. So <laughs> and I appreciate you telling me that too. Oh, and bro, you want to know something? Um, people have taken my joy for a lack of like not being serious. People yeah. have taken my positivity, like, oh, you're not serious enough, Jeff. And, I, and I've been hearing that for years, like years, years. And I'm like, yeah, no, you got to be angry to be serious. Apparently, exactly. I'm like, I'm like, no, I'm not doing that. I don't <laughs> have to do that. Like, I, I feel like you're too serious, like, because yeah. like I, if, if things get too, too serious in my head, like in a sense, uh, and I can't find like any joy in that, 
like then I, it ain't meant for me. And so I feel that I do feel like I feel like I'm very serious. I feel like I'm serious as, as, as much as I need to. And I feel like I'm serious when it comes down to my businesses. Um, and I can still do it with a smile. I can still do it um, in, in a joyful kind of manner. And, and, I, and I, I just encourage people don't get caught up in people's joy and take that or take their their positivity as a lack of uh, seriousness. And that they can't do commitment. The, yeah, they're not committed and they probably just fall off. Like that's that's not the case. And that's not the case for me. Yeah. And I, I think that's one thing that a lot of like, I would say um, a lot of good intentioned, um, like wise people have thought, like I wouldn't even say wise, but just like, like mature people have thought that, um, cause I would say if they was wise enough, they would see <laughs> behind my <laughs> and but all of them and a lot of them came back saying it's like wow jeff like you know i didn't i didn't know and, and that was one of the things that i was like yo how does positivity and joy give off the impression of something negative like you're not serious enough you feel me like that's still that oh, still I, blows I my mind i you feel me for right now, um, I, and I don't know how aware you are of everything that's been happening in our life, but uh, as my my closest friend Barrett told me, he's like, "You have a laundry list of reasons why you should be really angry, just in general." Um, and uh, I know late, like literally, just the past couple of days because of the pain I've been in, uh, it's been more difficult to stay positive. But I, I've had to remind him and a couple other friends, like. Just because I'm making a joke doesn't mean that I'm like stressed out. That that mm-hmm. to me, like my my dad jokes and my me trying to be funny or like cracking a joke at my own expense, that's not me resigning to the stresses of the world and being like, ah, it's not a big deal. Like our house flooded, not a big deal. Whatever, you know. Like let's make a joke. No, it's actually really serious. You just don't see the the phone calls that I'm making with insurance and figuring out that our insurance agent is not doing her job properly. And then we have to go to the supervisor and that's all like super serious stuff. But I won't hesitate to make a joke because I know this people still need to laugh. I need to laugh. Yeah. I need to be yeah. reminded that like, this is not the end of my life. Like there will be a December 2020. So between now and mm-hmm. then a lot of stuff can happen and I'll still make it there. Like time doesn't stop. So that I, I feel you so much on that. And also the, the fact that like, I feel like you and I understand our joy doesn't come from people's opinions. Um, mm-hmm. I, I've been bullied and picked on people that listen to my show know this. Um, and I, I have learned to not allow other people's definitions of my identity stick. Uh, and I have learned to pull myself out of that. But you also mentioned something about how, basically like and i made the joke that like you have to be angry to be serious um when i talked again with janelle uh mccauley i think you need to meet her um i think that'd be a beneficial friendship but uh she talked about how being in the military she was a lieutenant colonel in the air force and when she would go to these meetings where she's the only woman um she would sit there and listen to this like busyness comparison of, you know, how was your weekend? Oh man, I worked all day Saturday and Sunday. And so I'm just, I'm, I'm ready to, 
I'm tired, but you know, like I'm making it and, and like I got it done. Oh yeah. Well I pulled an all nighter Saturday night and into Sunday. So I'm, I'm running only on about three hours of sleep, but you know, we're here, we got coffee. We're good. Janelle, how was your weekend? She's like, well, I spent it with my kids. I didn't do any work and I'm ready to rock on Monday. And they're like, Oh, so you, you yeah, didn't really work yeah. hard. And she's like, no, I, I work hard during the week so that I don't have to kill myself on the weekends and so, I can spend time with my family. And I'm, I'm, I'm one of them people. Yeah. I manage your time better. Like you don't have to work all the time. Like have quality work, not, not the quantity where you're working every hour of every day. I tell people, um, cause I, I take my Sabbath very seriously. Um, Mondays is my day off. It's the greatest day to take off. I think so. Um, cause <laughs> I, it's like Sundays, you still got stuff going on Saturday, there's stuff going on. So I can still do work and then still do my stuff on Saturday and Sundays. I can go to church or, or go to an event and still be able to come back and do some more work or do the work before okay. I go to the event. But like Monday, like that's usually when people are at work. Losing their um, minds. <laughs> yep. And you know, like that dreaded Monday feeling that, that comes. Like I don't even have to have that feeling because I don't do nothing on Mondays. And like, and it's very hard to take off. It is one of the hardest things, especially now as an entrepreneur and like I, everything is like falling on me to get done. Um, but I, I make sure that I take those days off, but I will work my butt off. Like I will stay up until uh, the, the sun is about to come up just so I can take the rest of the day off. Like just so I can have that day. Um, and I, and I yeah. usually do, I usually am on Sundays. I think I can finish. Uh, sometimes I'm done at like 10 or 11. But I'm like grinding to the night time, just like, okay, if I can get all this done so I can just have Monday and feel good about yep. like not doing anything on Monday, that's what I do. But I, I do, I try to find time for my friends. Um, I try to find time for my wife. Uh, every Thursday, like last night was a date night. So I, I make sure that I, I, I schedule myself to where like work can't come in front of um my life speaking of professional life um this is not a, a predetermined question here uh but i want to know two things one how much do you think being having been a teacher has affected that mindset that you have that you just talked about where you know it's like i'd rather work super late so that tomorrow i'm good to go and, and the way that could translate is like i would rather spend three days straight of just intensive planning so that the next three months I'm straight. Like I, I can chill yeah. and it may look like I'm being lazy, but I front loaded. I did the work ahead of time so that now it's a, you know, in my case, a project for my students that I'm just guiding them on. I'm not doing a lot of work now because I already did it. So I'm wondering, first question would be, you know, how much do you think having been a teacher plays a role into that mindset? Man, I feel like, um, like, uh, schools is the birthplace or has some of the most incredible entrepreneurs, or some of the most incredible CEOs. Um, I believe that working there wholeheartedly. Because, because I tell you, I mean, she hates when I say this, uh, but like even when my wife used to work, I was like, wait, that's all you did today? You sat on computer, watched a couple of things, went Bro, to that's what, work, went to that's what happens. And I asked Elizabeth, I was like, what What do you do at Facebook? And she starts like ironing things out, and I said you do realize your capacity is so much more than that, right? Like you've been a middle school teacher, please. 
<laughs> for real, bro. It's, it's mind-blowing, like, how much, like, and it, I mean, when you go in as a, as a teacher, because even working at other jobs, like, I worked at, like, fast food restaurants or Boston Market and um, yep, same. fast casual kind of things. Um, and although you might be working, is more labor-wise, but as a teacher, it's definitely mental. I'm, those those are the times where I was just like mentally beat but like you said I had to do a lot of front loading even if I had to like prepare for that, that days of, of work I knew making sure that I got to the school at least an hour early before those kids got there uh, just so I could have everything done for that day or I would do it the day before or even earlier that week or that weekend yep. just so that I can be prepared but I was like man the effort and the energy that goes into being a teacher Man, it runs laps on so many people's jobs, like especially like yep. higher up CEO kind of jobs. Like the decision making that you have to do, the classroom management. Like you, like people don't understand. Like man, a lot of people are not what they know now. They definitely know now. Yeah, you gonna you learn today. <laughs> yeah, which kids? And I, I, I love it. I love when these people be like, "Oh, I'm stuck with my kids." I have to like teach and do this. I was like, yeah, you see how hard it is? Yeah, you have to <laughs> crapping on teachers. I feel like teachers get such a a bad rap or not even just that. They just, people don't appreciate them enough. And I, um, I feel like, I feel like now people are going to be much more sensitive to how much teachers get paid. I'll be f- completely transparent. If teachers got paid more, I'd go back because I loved my students and, and it, well, it's not about the money. Well, if your family can't eat, then it's about the money. Um, and I couldn't support our family on a single teacher salary. So that's why I switched jobs. But I, I loved my students and I, I don't think I've cried as much leaving a job ever as when I had to Mm -hmm. tell my students that I was leaving. And the things that I put up with because I loved my students were all the things that you don't really hear a ton about. And I could go into some deep specifics, but I'll save that for maybe another day. Um, Mike Yates and on our interview, I, we talked about it a little bit. We commiserated uh, with experiences, but um, we, uh, uh, the things that I, I experienced, I would put up with those again for the sake of my students, knowing that my family's taken care of. So if the, if the pay ever changed and there was a, a significant increase, honestly maybe better benefits like freaking healthcare and stuff um then you know i'd I'd strongly consider it because i think it's a very important profession but it got tough i did it for five years and i was like i this is this is an uphill battle in so many ways so i'm glad the parents now have a taste of it yeah man and it's just like um like you got the classroom management, you have the actual teaching a lot. I was trying to say that like a lot of people just think that you're just teaching. Like, man, I, that I mean, is like five percent of year, everything else you're doing. You're like, oh my god, I wish that it was just teaching. <laughs> like, that, that I probably wouldn't have left if that was it. <laughs> but man, you got the kids, the classroom management. You got to manage the administrators. You got to manage your district. Like. Like people just tagging on stuff like, oh, no, let them do it. We have to go to these trainings that has nothing to do with what I'm even. Like I was like a waste of time. And I'm just like, what are y'all doing? Like you can (laughs) tell. And I'm like, how, 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 how are these like personal developments? I, I don't feel like I was developing personally. Maybe I was developing in the sense of like growing patience. 
Uh, but that yeah, was it, it from it. So, <laughs> so yeah, I would just, in, in all, I would just say that like teach, being a teacher definitely has um, allowed me uh, have a little bit more skin in the game or just more survival skills when it comes down to entrepreneurship. So, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Goodness. I, I definitely feel you there. That's, I, I was just going to ask, uh, the, the second part was, um, you've now mentioned even indirectly, you, you take Mondays off Thursday night is date night. How much do you think it benefits or harms? I'll leave the door open for that. Uh, benefits or harms to have your, even your personal life scheduled or structured in a general sense, meaning every week, you know, that Thursday night is date night every week, you know, that you're taking Monday off. So do you think that that helps you to be more efficient or should it just be an open door all the time, uh, for you to work anytime, every time, all the time? Yep. Um, I mean, thank God we were doing this before we even started entrepreneurship, but I can tell you now, um, there's a reason why I feel like the Bible talks about taking a Sabbath because like people think, <laughs> Like, I mean, one is to honor him, but it's also in this place of just that rest. Like, bro, get that rest. Like, you getting that rest makes life so much better, like, for those next six days. Like, me and for I, everybody around you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, man, to be able to not have to think about, like, my job or, like, the stress of whatever's going on, I have to, like, block it out. It's really hard still, even to the day, because I do it so much. But, um, if you're not getting that rest and like even dedicating that time to it, uh, you're planning to fail. Like, and it is, it goes back to that. Like, what is, what is that slogan? Um, uh, fail, if you to, fail plan, to plan, you plan to fail. Plan to fail. Yes. And so that's the same thing. Even when it comes down to my wife, like if I don't, if we don't put that dedicated time for each other, then, then like we're, we're planning to fail. And so we don't, we don't we don't want that and so I, I i truly do believe it's irresponsible if you don't plan um those moments together or for your life um because yeah you i don't think you would be as successful or you could be successful in, in one way but personally you're not successful or mentally you're not as successful yep yep i love that all right I want to know where the motivation came from to start up Chubby Diaries. And and I know we kind of touched on it with the watering wells and I'm sure we could like, mm-hmm. I, I think I know this story um, a little bit more than the listeners, but for those listening, I'd love to know where did the motivation come from specifically to start up Chubby Diaries? Well, yeah. So I'm like, I told y'all before I wanted to be like a blogger and that's like where it first started and it's like my unorthodox way of going about like the rest of my business ventures. Um, and I was like, you know, if I can travel and get paid to do it, I'm going to do it. Um, so it, it started with that. Uh, but then I didn't know, like, I didn't even know what a niche was at first, but everybody kept saying, find your niche, find your niche. And it will, I was like, okay, I'm going to do this. I have a cousin who's a PR person. So I went to her, I asked her like, Hey, um, can you help me find a niche? She was automatically already saying, like, yo, you need a niche. Uh, and so she gave me, like, this questionnaire, and she is her clients. I filled it out, and after I filled it out, uh, and it was a short questionnaire, too, I filled it out, because the questionnaire was more so, like, 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 what's your tone? Like, who, 
like how do you see this and blah 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 like who makes you like what is you and I just I got that questionnaire was, yesterday from the team I'm working with so I know what you're talking about I don't know if there's like so, a set format or what but I know that exact could question be, it could be but they, they know it they do it for a living so they yeah but it, it was it was on that sense of like trying to get you to your basis of who you are uh and it's coming from the premise of like don't try to cast a wide net uh, find your group, find your community, find your niche. Um, and then the more basic you can make it or the most minimum you can make it instead of so broad, uh, the better. And so I like finished it and I was like, I don't see anything. I was like, I don't even think this helped. And she was like, no, it's right there. And I was like, she was like, you're a big black guy that travels around the world. Uh, and I was like, you are so right. And it's so easy. And I was, <laughs> I was telling myself, I was like, yo, it's so easy, and I, and, I, and I do, I encourage people to think this way too, is that it's very easy to talk about yourself. Like it's, easy to talk, it's, it's easy to talk about my experience. I don't have to go conjure up any other experiences other than me being a plus-size black male that travels around the world. Like, that's easy to talk about because it's me. It's my own experiences. And so I was like, oh, that's so smart. But then it was at that same time that it was like, yo, because I, I dabbled. So the first thing, I didn't I didn't go straight into Chubby Diaries, but I went into the Waterwell Project and doing some, like, Amazon books because my homeboy did the Amazon books. Uh, Roderick was doing the Amazon books. So I was trying that out, and I was like, man, this Amazon books actually was making me money. Hey, you make money very quickly with Amazon books. Uh, or doing, like, the, the Amazon fulfillment kind of thing, um, buying and selling books like Gary Vanderchuk does. But he does, like, just regular stuff. Um, but, um, what happened? Something happened. What happened? Oh yeah. So like I tried that stuff out and I was like, man, this, I don't feel like this is like impactful enough. There's so many people out here. This this space is saturated kind of thing. I was like, I want to do something that like nobody's really doing. And that really helped me. Like I was very much sold on my niche of being a plus size traveler. I was like, yo, when I think of it, when I travel around this world, like I did, I mean, I, at that time, I, was, I think I was in like 20-something countries. <clears throat> Excuse me. I'll be traveling, and I was like, man, I don't, see, I don't see anybody that's plus size, usually from America or other places that's like out here doing their thing. And I was like, why is that? And I was like, I know for a fact that there's plus size people all through America. So I was like, wait, where, what's going on? Like, what's happening? And And I was like, to me, I knew that I was on to something. I knew that this was going to be big because nobody else was really doing it. So it was like, it was like a lane that I could run in. It was a, a, a group of marginalized group of people that I could like galvanize and motivate them to get out there and, and uh, to motivate the uh, industry that wasn't even thinking about them. Um, because there's so much money to be made. I was thinking from the business standpoint. So if there's a marginalized group of people uh, or if there's a group of people, an uh, untapped market, that uh, a, whole, a, a major industry, a trillion something dollar industry um, is not like thinking about, I was like, oh, that's, that's crazy. So I was like, man, we're on to something because people are all still trying to find out ways, how can I make more money? And everybody in the travel industry is still trying to figure out the same thing. So if I'm telling you that um, that 70% of plus-size people um, 
want if they were able to be um if these that the excursions or your hotel or whatever the plane seats i will buy more or i would do an extra trip uh if you were able to make things more accessible and accommodating then they would do that you'd be like wait what like yeah so and then it's like 128 million people in america just america alone uh are considered uh overweight and obese so that's that's like a crazy like number, and you you can you can talk about it like people's personal like lifestyle. You can like judge it whatever way you want to, but still from a business standpoint, that's some that's some good money. Like if that's you can get people out there money. traveling, yeah. And man, I tell people all the time, man, I'm not here to promote obesity more than I'm here to promote people to live life now. Like don't wait until you get to your ideal weight to go travel and see the world and experience because you it might take you two three years or maybe never. For you to, to get to your yeah. your ideal weight, but man, you getting out there, you getting out there and going to see and enjoying life and living life now. I feel like that's what I'm I'm preaching and that's what I'm going for. And there's a lot of money to be made in this space, and so I'm 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 my business is a B two B B two C style business to where I'm a conduit between the customers and. Uh, the businesses and I do consulting for the businesses and I give helpful tricks and tips to the customer. So it's really cool. That's something I can relate to in a very simple way being six, three, I don't fit on airplanes very well <laughs> and it's very uncomfortable. Yes. And when you have herniated discs, like I do, it's like additionally uncomfortable. Um, I remember when I flew to Scotland, uh, technically London, then we drove up to Scotland, but, um, it was a very painful experience and my knees were touching the back of the seat in front of me and they couldn't lean back and I couldn't lean back cause then, um, like it did something weird to my back. And so very uncomfortable experience. So, um, I know that your niche is overweight travel for, for me, it might be like, you know, too tall to travel kind of thing. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I actually use that as an example whenever people are like, Oh, you know, you can see up there on that, that shelf and whatever. And it must be really nice to be tall. And I said, yeah, until I'm traveling. And they're just oh, like, wow. they get this dumbfounded look of, oh, I didn't, what do you, like on an airplane? I'm like, yeah, like airplanes aren't made for big people. Yeah, And they, they have to pick like the average size, you know, and that sort of thing. And I get that. But man, that and freaking shoes, I wear size 15. So that's not common. I can't just go and pick out. So like we were going to pick out some cowboy boots for me can't find them they don't I, I so far have yet to find a size 15 so if anybody's listening to this and you know of a cowboy boot that can be made in size 15 that it doesn't cost an arm and a leg please let me know um but, see, yeah, they don't sound like custom uh prices right there yeah exactly it's like i said not an arm and a leg and i'm, I'm here for it mm-hmm. what kind of obstacles have you faced we we mentioned just in general hitting obstacles, but what kind of obstacles have you faced specifically getting this whole thing started and maybe even some that you're going through right now? Yeah, so I, I would say, I mean, the main thing uh, is money. That's always capital. Uh, that's always an obstacle. But uh, fighting obscurity. Fighting obscurity. Um, Grant Cardone's... Um, the 10x rule i recommend everybody read it it's such an yep. amazing book it is uh it definitely encouraged me and I, I've, I've read it like maybe seven eight times already like i've anytime <laughs> only I'm seven like, or eight times you, you got to get at least two more so it's the 10x you know it makes yeah, sense yeah that's true <laughs> so but no i'm telling you like every time i get discouraged that's the book i usually go to um because he always 
talks. He gives like great knowledge, and it's it's always more so about planning and kind of what we were saying before. But I was getting that one of his things that he said one of the biggest obstacles that new entrepreneurs or new companies and brands face is obscurity. People just don't know who you are, and um, he was saying that it it takes like effort and time to to actually get people to like recognize you and it, it goes off the concept of this 10x rule which is like whatever your dream is times that by 10 now think about how long it takes to get to that dream like think about how much energy or how much effort and like how many obstacles are going to come times that by 10 and like that's how much it's going to take to get there and so to even get to those points, man, you have to like work really hard. And like the work that you have to put into it is like at 10X. And so he was saying, if you can do that, if you can work at 10X uh, for uh, four months, like he was talking, I think he actually specifically talked about uh, like social media and stuff like that. He was saying, if you go at a high level of just like posting consistent, being very consistent, because you got to be consistent. If you can do that for four months, he was like, people mostly give up after the second month or the third month, not knowing that the fourth month was, was like their, their tipping point kind of thing. And like people start recognizing you. Um, but I can tell you like how that really worked and knowing that like that was one of the biggest challenges was that was that obscurity where it was like, first it started with people being like, oh, so Jeff, what you got going on these days? And then I have to tell them and they be like, oh, okay, cool. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. Uh, and then it goes from that to, hey, Jeff, what's that thing you doing again? Like you doing something like with travel and stuff, blah, blah, blah. So then <laughs> it goes from that to like, <laughs> yeah, then it goes from that to like, oh man, Jeff, like how's Chubby Diaries going? And then it goes from that to, um, people being like, yo, somebody just told me, uh, your friend told me about Chubby Diaries. Like, so it's like people are now can explain Chubby Diaries. They can explain what I am and what I do. And that, that part's amazing. Like random people know me that I don't even know. Um, all these different brands know me and stuff like that, or know the brand itself knows Chubby Diaries. So I, obscurity is one of the main things. Um, and then from that, um, me just not knowing what the heck I'm doing. Literally, that is the biggest one. Like, is this the best <laughs> way of doing what it's it is? That mental battle you were talking about. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know. Like, and I, I'm going to be honest, brother. It was a, it was like playing a game of hide and go seek, and uh, the success or just the your business plan. Because you can make a business plan, which I did. Oh, I totally made one. Did that business plan work? No. Nope. <laughs> um, did it work the way that I thought it was? No. Uh, and people, I've learned this from so many people since, but I mean, some of this stuff just takes time and energy and effort and you just got to wait your turn before you actually kind of figure it out. And that definitely helped me out a lot. But um, yeah, I was, I think before I was overestimating things or underestimating things and I had to learn how to just, uh, continue to navigate and not give up for me to actually get to that place. Um, but yeah, so I, I would say those are my, 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 my obstacles, uh, financially, the obscurity, and then, uh, just not knowing like how to do what I'm doing. Uh, because, and for me, like it really isn't that many, um, like books or guys or people doing guides or people doing this. Like, I don't really know anybody before that was in my friend circle 
uh, that were was an influencer, you know? Yeah. And then, like, my homegirl was one, um, and she was charging the arm and the leg, but I did pay for, like, one of her sessions, you know? And so it was, yep. it was, you still, it was a lot of just figuring it out on your own and like going through your own personal demons and battles, trying to get these things on option because you would want to do it the way that you normally do something, but knowing that you have to do it a whole totally different way, that, that what I would say is like some of the battles. The yeah. Struggles. That's why uh, you said you have to do it a whole new way. That's why earlier I was talking about uh, people will offer you structures but you got to fill it in. It's kind of like they offer you a grid, but you got to fill in the gaps, you know, cause it's, brother, if you're trying something well, new, you gotta, you gotta do something new, you know? Mm-hmm. And brother, I hate those. Like I hate consulting actually sometimes because sometimes man, consulting they can, they can just be there for you. Like, uh, they can give you the, what is it? Ideology. I can't even get the word now. Um, but like they the can help you ideal. Yeah. Like they can give you, like good concepts and structures to go about it. But yeah, you still have to be the one that figures it out and like puts it together um, or put the right pieces in there. And you'd be like, oh, I'm just, you just can't do it for me. Like you just can't, like, can I just pay you to do I thought, it? I thought this was like Starbucks. Like I need a grande uh, podcast exactly. plan and uh, exactly. I just need a, a side of social media posting. That'd be great. Oh, bro, I'm, seriously, you know what I think to myself is like, but the way that it normally is, is like, um, it's like we go to order and like we tell like, hey, but what is in it? And they tell you what's in it, but then they want you to go back there and go make it yourself. Like that, you'd be like, wait, what? Like, how am I? Okay, okay. I, I mean, <laughs> am I just putting the milk right here? A good I example. Mean, like, yeah, that really is. Like, it, it definitely just, yeah. So it's like, if you don't, they don't really give you like, man, put three cups of this in and that and that. They only give you more sleep structure and that usually gets, it bothers the academy, but we make it work. <laughs> Um, I was going to, uh, mention Sean Chandler, who I, if I remember right, you met with, right? Yeah. Um, sure did. he, uh, and I've, I've known him for years, but I, I went to him prior to even <laughs> recommending you to him, I think, and just actually no, it was a little bit after. Um, and I just said, Sean, you know, I've done 10 episodes now and, and I didn't want to come bother you before 10. I wanted to literally just trip pick myself up, trip, pick myself up and keep moving forward before I ever started asking for advice. Not because I thought I knew the answer, um, but because I wanted to have some, some bruises and cuts, you know, uh, to figuring it out on my own. And he goes just flat out. He goes, if you had made one episode and come to me, I would have said, no, I'm not talking to you yet. Go make some more. <laughs> and I was like, that's fair. Okay. <laughs> you know, Cause it's, it's everything we've been talking about, right. Of like having that stubborn persistence and pushing through. Um, and then simultaneously he knows what it takes to be good on YouTube. He's only like, he hadn't even started the podcast that he now has when I talked to him. Mm, and so he said, good. I don't know how, you know, like YouTube, if you reach a thousand subscribers, then they'll start doing advertisements for you automatically. But that's not the case for podcasts. I still have to go in and select time slots. And even then, I don't think they've input anything yet. So it's like, it's a whole different world. And then even you've got the blog, you can embed links to things. You can embed little click through pass through stuff. I don't have that when you're just listening to some, Hey, if you pause it here, it'll send you know, like that doesn't happen. And so that's a whole different obstacle of overcoming where I want people to be able to 
have ease of access to, let's say like even your website, but that would require them to even look in the description to the link, uh, or, you know, I mentioned it on Facebook or social media. So there, there's different obstacles. So in the same way of what you're talking about, circling back, people can give you a structure of saying, you need to be able to post this many times to get out of that obscurity, like you're talking about, uh, or you need to have this niche to get out of that obscurity, but that could apply to podcasts that could apply to a blog that could apply to YouTube, that sort of thing. But then I have to figure out what that looks like for a podcast. So to bring everything that you said full circle for anybody listening is if you're, cause I always want this, this podcast to be encouraging. If you're thinking about planning out something, try to get structures around you and I'm sure Jeff would agree, but get structures and guide rails around you, but then start filling in the gaps of what that's going to look like specifically for what you want to do. Yeah. That'd be my encouragement. In an, in, I, I want to get to a very specific thing. Uh, and you've mentioned part of this, but I want to give a quote that you gave, uh, <laughs> not using your words against you, but I'm going to use your words uh, to prop up this question. In an interview with Evan McCloskey, uh, Malakowski, that's a fun word, at Cool Hunting, you said 128 million, about 42% of Americans are considered chubby or obese. 128 million. That is a huge total of available market size. Let me first preface this by saying I'm not here to promote obesity. I feel like there's an echo. Um, but I promote people to live life now. I want chubby people to be courageous and experience the wonders of travel. With all that being said, there's a huge market that I personally feel is untapped and the majority of travel companies have overlooked their customer potential. They can be more inclusive by revamping their products and services, i.e. the shark diving company could purchase more wetsuits that can fit bigger people. Zip lines and other excursions can make harnesses that fit us and start using equipment that can support more than 250 pounds. That's the quote. It sounds like you're saying two main things. One, people should live life to the fullest now and not wait for something to change, like you mentioned earlier, uh, before they have like permission or give themselves permission to do so. And then mm-hmm. two, travel and excursion companies should make changes to accommodate those people living life now. So what are some other examples of untapped market that the travel industry is missing out on? Meaning specific examples of times that you've encountered a situation where you thought, this isn't set up for people like me. So two examples that you gave are the, the shark diving, which mm-hmm. is baller. Like I, I want to go do shark diving. Um, and, and then to the zip line. So what are some examples that oh. you've encountered along the way? Well, I'm, I'm going to stick with those examples for now. Uh, so even when it comes down to the shark diving, like I was, we were in South Africa um, or we were going to South Africa and I did the research and that's usually the thing that I tell like a lot of plus size people and do your research before you go find out um, do they have your size? What's the weight limits? What's the weight restriction or size restrictions? Um, but you're required to wear a wetsuit uh, to go great white shark diving. Um, and I looked on the website, I looked, and I was like, I don't know if they got my size. So what I ended up doing was um, literally going online and buying my own size wetsuit. Um, I didn't even, I've never even seen a person, a big size, a big person wear a wetsuit. So that was the first experience. I was like, would they even have my size even online? Um, and that's why representation also matters too. 
uh, somebody being able to see, like if I was able to see another example of like, oh, that guy has on a wetsuit, he's he's like my size, then oh, that's cool. Then I probably can get one too. It'll be fine. But going back to small ways that the industry uh, can just accommodate is go buy a couple of more wetsuits. Uh, just yeah. in extended sizes, like literally just as easy. I think my wetsuit cost a hundred bucks. Um, they're not even a whole hundred dollars. So they bought like maybe like three, four more of them that were like a little bit bigger extended sizes. And you know how many other plus size people would come to their place and, and patron like, yeah. they, like buy, like buy their uh, excursion. Like Especially with you promoting either. them, like, you know, like you'd be like, Hey, uh-huh. they ne- with you promoting, like, it's like, Hey, now this company, promotes plus size excursions yes. Yes. and you blow that up and they're like, Oh, okay. Now we're making money. Yeah. You, you make, cause there's, once again, it's an untapped market, a, a market that people aren't actually thinking about. Like they just, for some reason, just automatically just brush past it because of just, I feel like there's a lot of fat phobia in it involved in that. Like, man, why accommodate somebody that is plus size? And that's what I try to tell people. And I, and I, and I get back to what we were saying. It's like, even one of my, um, somebody close to me asked me the question, like, why don't you just teach people to lose weight and then you won't have to have chubby diaries. And I was like, you know what? There's so many other platforms out there that are teaching people how to lose weight. Uh, you won't feel your greatest until you're this, this size or whatever. Uh, and I was like, man, I'm not here to do that. I'm here to meet people where they're at right now. Like where they're yeah. at right now. I'm not trying to see where you're going to be or what you used to be. Like I want to talk to the person because it's like me humanizing a person, like where they're at. Because a lot of times yep. some people think they're like that. People ain't people, you know? It's weird. It just works that way because you 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 decided to be the, the or you you allowed yourself to get to this place. And I'm over here like, nah, man, I'm still a, a, a freaking human being. Uh, and I always tell people I hate when people actually call me Big Jeff. It's not that I hate it, but I say like it actually bothers me now, like being called Big Jeff. I was like, you know what? I don't know anybody that just goes around or they don't. That that's one of the physical features that that people actually think is okay to say. Um, and yeah, it, people, sometimes, people don't call me tall Micah. Like that's just, exactly, weird. I was just going to say that. I was just going to say that. Like people don't come up to you and just say tall Micah all the time. Um, they might call me tall, they might, they tall might. Brown, you know, cause Nathan's yeah. shorter than I am, but that's, that's about it. <laughs> but yeah. It's like, man, they don't talk about people's hair. Like, Hey, they don't even call me like, Hey, locked hair, Jeff. Like, nah, they'd be like, what up big Jeff? And I'm like, bro, <laughs> or like, but it's, it's, it's even with the strangers is what I'm really getting at it's like strangers to just think it's okay to just call me by my physical appearance like automatically you know like i think that is just like how like it dehumanizes a person in a way like if you don't even know me and the first thing you say is what up big guy or what's up big man like bro no what like stop like no no stop yeah so so there's that and i feel like that helps and then even with like zip lining like first of all we're innovative people right I used to watch this show. Okay, and I know you would know this answer because you you know a lot about. Please, because I just can't think of what it's called. And it might be Burke. What is the name of that that like that growth that grows on tree trunks or tree? uh, Yeah, like tree trunks. It's like a it's like a big like it like bulges out of a tree trunk sometimes, and it it costs a lot of money. Uh, Whatever they're called, but they're it's a growth that costs money. Well, no, it's a growth, like a, like a, you know, like you get like a boil on your skin or somebody can get like a boil. And it just randomly like grows on the tree. 
I don't. Yeah, and, and call something. I, they might be called somebody knows, but it, whatever it is, you just start telling your story. Is. I'm going to Google search it and see if I can find it yes, real quick. <laughs> um, but like people pay thousands of dollars for those things that grows on them because they they usually make them into like coffee tables or like pieces of art from that. So people actually go out and like farm for those things. Like they actually go and pillage for those things in the forest. And um, Burl. 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 That's it. There we go. Got it. Burl. That's it. Oh, finally. <laughs> oh. I didn't even think to go look it up. But yeah. So these things can weigh 500 to a few tons, like a couple of tons, you know? And so sometimes these things are on top of hills. Uh, just follow with me. Like they can be on top of hills. And speaking of zip lining, I got somebody from India calling me. That's interesting. Um, oh, snap. But speak, <laughs> speaking of like the zip lining part, like they actually put those 500 to a couple of 10 pound uh, burls on zip lines. They harness them in and like, like zip line them all the way down from the top of a hill to a truck. So I'm like, okay. If they can do that for a tree, there's no there's no human that weighs as much as these these five hundred or, or I mean two ton uh, burls. You feel me? Yeah. So yeah. I was like, man, if you can find a way to harness and use the right things safely, I mean, you know how many plus size people to jump on a, a zip line and they know it's not gonna break, like or they know that they that like they y'all have the, the proper harness in. And I, so I was like, that's what I'm trying to get at. It's like there is a way to make it happen. Disney World does, they're the prime example of making stuff happen for it. Because they they call the, um, they say that majority of their rides are pool friendly. So Winnie the Pooh size friendly. So meaning that like plus size people can fit. Like I've never had an issue getting on rides at Disney World. But if I go over to Universal or I go to Six Flags, man, I ain't getting on some of the roller coasters. Like it just ain't gonna happen. You feel me? So it, it's, it's those things that I feel like like if people put just a little bit more effort and a little bit more energy, you don't know how much money you can make from um, now catering to um, a, a large amount of people because that's forty two percent of America. That yeah. ain't that ain't like ten. It's just of a America. few dollars, <laughs> bro. That's that's forty two percent of America, and so we. I'm just like yo, that's that's like mind blowing, you know. I think the part of uh, the societal reason behind why like this hasn't happened yet uh, and it is kind of coming around. I think that for so long in American society, we've like shamed people for not being a certain size or look a certain way or whatever. I mean, you can go back to advertisements uh, for like a, a corset or something on women. And it's like, well, you've got to fit this hourglass figure or you've got to, you got to do your hair just this way or whatever. And I think only recently, I'd say within the last five to 10 years, like super recently, um, we've seen this turning of a corner to like, okay, women models should look like normal women, yes. not anorexic yes. stick figures, you know? Um, yes. and then even even now there's like the fitness models well okay but not everybody looks that way so like again like can we have also have some like normal looking people um mm -hmm. i think that it's more of just what you're promoting is is for society to accept the reality and also for individuals to accept the reality like yes. love yourself where you are now 
don't wait till two years from now when you hit, like you said, when you hit your goal weight. I'm not in my goal weight. I don't, I'm not obese, but I'm not in my goal weight. Like if I wait to hit my goal weight, I'm not as fit as I wish I was. But again, I got to accept and love myself where I am now and not wait for something. Like I think a really like simple example is like, I'm not going to wait till I've lost 10 pounds to eat an ice cream sandwich. You know what I mean? Like just go eat the freaking ice cream sandwich. Enjoy and put a smile on your face even though currently it's like 60 degrees outside, I'm going to enjoy an ice cream sandwich just because I freaking want to. And it's not going to change my life, but it's going to put a smile on my face. Money can't yeah, buy man. happiness, but like it can buy that ice cream sandwich and it'll make me it happy. sure can. <laughs> but no, and, and it's like I, I, I tell people that like, it's, you know what, I lost my thought because I got so caught up in the weather and how cold <laughs> it is here right now. <laughs> I'm like, wait, what? It's September. Like, wait, what's happening? You know, you're from Texas out. when somebody mentions 60 degrees and you lose your train of thought. <laughs> All the way. I'm like, Man. wait, what? Yeah. When I was what outside? I was so confused. Oh, yeah. No, it was, it was about, I was talking about it. Oh, man, it's still off. It was something with, I, I was actually on a podcast yesterday. Um, and we were kind of talking about some of the same stuff and it was more so about just like how you see, yep. Still not coming. I thought I had it. It's still what, not, we're going to, we're going to finish this whole interview and they're going to be like, ah, oh, dang it. I remember it. You know, <laughs> that's how it goes. That's how it always goes. Yep. So I would love to know, uh, kind of two last questions here. One is what's been your most memorable trip so far? And then I'd love to know a success story of how you've impacted somebody's life through Chubby Diaries. Yeah, um, my, my my most memorable trip um, was my first trip uh, out of the country, and that was to Japan. Man, I love Japan. I remember Japan that trip. Or, um, like, oh no, no, that was that was like I've been that was like my third time to Japan at that point. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, now this is like my first time like 15 16 years ago and this has been a while oh, okay so yeah but it was like my first time going international and i actually stayed there for four months um and it was just like their culture the tradition the food it was just all incredible and enjoyed it all and so um i think that one is so impactful because um it showed me that, like, man, there's so many people outside of America. Like, America's not by itself. Like, like you would think it is, but the, the world's bigger and small at the same Shocking. time. Yeah. Yeah. So it was like, man, learning other people's cultures. Like, I, that, it was such a culture shock for me. And it was just something I needed so that I can progress as a human and as a, as a, as a man. Uh, so I, I appreciate that. And then, um, what was the second question? the success story give me an example of impacting somebody's life because i know that you did like a, a group vacation or something where group you trips. had people come with you yeah mm-hmm. whether see, it was from that those, or something else those trips yeah i was gonna say those trips are just inclusive so we make it to where anybody can come and they don't have to like worry about not being able to fit on something uh but i would say man it's these i get constant like like dms all the time of like Yo, I'm so excited uh, to be here. I just started getting on TikTok um, last week, and it was so funny. Somebody wrote, um, wow, 
uh, TikTok was very uh, specific on this one. Uh, they, she said that I can I have it right here. Um, she was like, "Is uh, TikTok is so specific on this one? I'm a plus size woman waiting to uh, or wanting to travel, uh, but I'm worried about uh, my weight and my barriers and what you're doing right now." has uh, impacted me to just get out there now. Um, I've had so many people who've sent me pictures and like, look where I'm at. Um, I finally made it on the airplane and it wasn't that bad. And uh, I took some of your advice on like where to sit and stuff like that. So it's really cool to see like people like stepping outside of their boxes. The one biggest one is the pictures. A lot of plus size people don't like taking pictures of themselves. I used to not like taking pictures of myself. I'm actually a plus size model. I'm actually a model now, you know? I wasn't a model before. Yeah. But it was because I was like, how can I be a model? This was a brand coming up to me and was like, hey, do you want to model for us? And I was like, who? Who are you talking to? Me? Yeah, you like look you over. Who are you talking <laughs> you want to? Me? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you want me to do that? And so me like learning, like, wow, I think the reason why I didn't think I could be one is because I wasn't the standard of beauty, like, oh, what my mind thought of that. And so to be able to now have done like modeling stuff for other people, and uh, taking tons of photos, like I did a photo shoot yesterday uh, for the Austin Statesman um, because uh, they're featuring me uh, in, the, in the newspaper. And I was like, yo, I was like, I can't believe like this is a part of my life too. Like this is something I don't think I could even have done two, three years ago. Like I would have been nervous and been like, yeah. wait, you want me to go out there? I was like, I don't know. I would have maybe even made, even made up an excuse to be like, oh, I don't think I really need to get a good picture or can I have somebody else come in the picture with me kind of thing. And so uh, I think it's those moments of like seeing people taking those pictures when they're uh, being in their best bikini body, which is, you put it on a bikini and, and that's your body. So, um, so it's, it's cool to see people doing that and, and just stepping out and, and like just living the, the, their best lives and people coming on there and telling me that that's what they've done has just been so impactful. I love that best bikini body. Your best bikini body is your body wearing a bikini. There's your best body. <laughs> yes, exactly. There it is. Don't complicate Everybody it. Is a bikini body. Yes, exactly. That's encouraging for me. I'm going to go put on my bikini now. I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh, man. Well, it sounds like even, you know, you're still encouraging yourself, which I think is a, a very oh, candid be. response because, uh, you know, something I, I wanted to remove the veil on with starting this whole podcast is the idea that, like, people who are successful are, like, gods or something. That there's some different type of human being. And they're not. You're you're not a, a different human being than plenty, forty two percent of people living in the United States. You're just the one who had the boldness and the stubborn persistence to just to say, "I'm going to keep just going." Go for it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. So I, I I think that that's cool to to be able to tell people and and tell my listeners and your audience uh, that I'm encouraging myself. Like, don't think that I have a hundred percent confidence all the time about everything. This is still a growth process. This is still me learning about myself. This is all these different types of things. And then dude, you're even, uh, my, my last question is, you know, encouragement, but you're even encouraging me. And I, I stopped for a second while you were talking, I took some notes down of things. My brain was processing of like, shoot, I, 
this is encouragement. Like I need to go do this now. Like I got to go do this thing. So I'm taking notes. Like as soon as this is over, I'm going to start hitting it hard and, and getting after it. But, um, I, uh, I appreciate everything that you've been saying. So I'd love to know just as we wrap up, what encouragement do you have, uh, for the people listening to this uh, episode? Yeah, man, I, 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 the, the main one I would give is write down your goals and make them clear. And sometimes people be like, what does that mean? Like, literally, it's simple. Write down your goals, dream big, write them down. Like, and, oh, you know what? I even back up. Give yourself permission to dream. Because a lot of people, and they really, I, can, I can say it even for myself, I, I felt like I lost, like I, I needed permission to dream big. Like, I lost dreaming. You know, uh, and I know if I didn't dream, I wouldn't be in the place that I'm in right now. But I always tell people, like, dream big and then write those goals down, write those dreams down and, and, and make them as clear as possible and then go after them. And when you do that, like, it just it just start falling into place. I had the, uh, the photographer yesterday uh, when I was doing the photo shoot. Um, I had her. She was like crying, listening to my story. Uh, because she didn't know who I was and I was just talking to her and I was like, do you know that like this, like this, like right now, what we're doing right now is something I had put, I wrote down like two years ago to be able to do, to check off like, hey, I want to be able to be featured in the Austin statements or in Statesman in our local newspaper uh, here in Austin. And so she was like, for real? And I was like, it's so crazy to be able to see all of um, like the dreams and the things that I wrote down come to fruition. So self-fulfilled prophecy. Yeah. I love that. And you're not the first person to mention that I've heard uh, entrepreneurs mention that on like the Tim Ferriss podcast, write it down, set your goal and make it serious. I love that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, man, I, I appreciate all of this and I hope that people are encouraged even just, even without you saying like, I encourage you in this way, just listening to your story. I, I hope that they're encouraged to go do things. Um, I would love to just have people be able to contact you and, and support you in what you're doing. So what are some ways that we can do that? I know you've got um, social media. So tell yeah. us your, your tags and then tell us what website you're on, how they can reach out to you. Yeah. You can follow me on Instagram, which is like my main, uh, uh, like platform that's uh, chubby diaries underscore underscore you can follow me on my website at chubby diaries.com uh tiktok is chubby diaries um and then just facebook is we have a uh, two groups like page and then a facebook group and that's chubby diaries so follow me there thank y'all so much thank you so much for having me too michael heck yeah man i really appreciate it I hope that uh, you can get that India call back, but thanks man for oh, being no, on I'm here. I'm not picking that up. I actually think it was a, like a scam or something. Oh shoot. <laughs> I, don't, I don't pick up, I don't pick up don't do that. calls, especially not from India. There yeah. you go. <laughs> well, thank All you right, so man. much again, brother. Yeah. Take care and have a wonderful day. See ya. All right. Wow. Well, that was quite the adventure. Um, I, I loved every single minute of that um getting to just talk with my buddy jeff he is an inspiration in case you couldn't tell and i hope that some of you that are listening to this even if you're you're not one of the the niche people that he's trying to reach maybe you're just encouraged to go and freaking travel maybe there's been some sort of confidence uh piece that you were worried about i mean for myself i get worried about traveling 
whether it's a plane ride, I usually carry an extra pillow or I, you know, take some ibuprofen before I even get on because I know my back's going to be hurting on the plane. Um, whatever it may look like, I hope that you that are listening to this are encouraged. Uh, and then also, he's doing a lot of great things. Um, I, I hope that you can connect with him. Like he said, just to recap some of those connection points, Instagram at Chubby Diaries underscore underscore is what he mentioned. Uh, chubby, chubbydiaries.com. That is his website where you can, um, he, he does like a blog. He also has links to things that you can uh, do some research on your own or read some tips that he's offered to people that he's experienced and then he offers as a tip. Then also on Facebook, Chubby Diaries, he mentioned TikTok as well, Chubby Diaries. Basically, if you start searching Chub- Chubby Diaries, you're going to find it. Uh, Twitter, I, I believe he's on there too. I, I think I even follow him on Twitter with Chubby Diaries. I don't remember the exact tag. Just look out, look it up. And then finally, he mentioned a book that I also have read, and I encourage to anybody that's willing to listen. The book is the 10x Rule, um, and that can be listened to on Audible. You know the AudibleTrial.com forward slash MVP. Get that 30 day uh, subscription that you can you can go and listen to it but if you want to read it you can definitely look it up on amazon of course it's the 10x rule the only difference between success and failure by grant cardone that's g-r-a-n-t-c-a-r-d-o-n-e uh it's a very impactful book and like he mentioned he's uh jeff mentioned that he's read it seven or eight times it's definitely one of those that you want to read multiple times to really get the meat of it so i highly encourage you to go read that Highly encourage you to connect with Jeff. Um, As I mentioned, he makes me smile just watching his videos and stuff. He's a very big inspiration to everybody. uh, And I I hope that he could inspire you. Thank you so much for listening. Guys, I I love having these conversations and and having you be a part of them. Uh, I am really trying to promote relationships again and promote that we we can all connect in a deeper way and more intentional way, especially guys, if y'all are listening. Dude, don't be afraid to have that conversation with your friend. The the conversation where you actually ask about life. Elizabeth will ask me when I, when I get home from hanging out with people. Hey, how's so-and-so's girlfriend? How's so-and-so's wife? And I'm like, I, I don't know. I, I'm not sure. What do you mean you're not sure? you just been sitting with him for two hours. Yeah, but I mean, like, we were talking about other things. I don't, I don't really know. I encourage you to ask about life. Don't be afraid to. Uh, men, don't be afraid to talk about your life. Um, even if it's with somebody that you work with, just open up. Connections are important. Relationships are important. And last but not least, be happy, be hungry, and eat some Thelma's ice cream treats. Uh, it's it's getting to cooler weather, but personally, you know, living in Texas where it's 100 degrees, that thing melts in your hand faster than uh, you can eat it sometimes. But now it won't because it's cooling off. I, I love every one of you that are listening. Please subscribe. Please follow. Uh, you can find me on Instagram and Facebook and Twitter at actual MVP. I play on words with MVP and uh, look forward to the next conversation. Y'all take care.